Let's pray this morning. Father God, Lord, as we are here this morning, God, Lord, thank you for giving us the the opportunity, the facilities, and the amazing honor and privilege to come to glorify you, God. Lord, today, as we come to your throne, God, Lord, open our hearts, open our spirits, and open our minds so that we can hear what you have to say, God. Lord, no matter what is said and done here this morning, let us all on this stage disappear, God, and let you shine through because you are the reason. Father, Lord, just touch us this morning. Let us hear you. Let us see you. We ask all these things, Father. We love you and we thank you. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, Rushwood. How are you today? Y'all good? Good, good. Well, it is great to be able to speak with you guys this morning. Uh, It's been a while since I've been up here talking to you guys. Um, But Pastor Brent asked me to... Um, step in and preach for him this morning while he is going on his sabbatical. This is his first week on sabbatical. Um, and uh, Pastor Jason will be back with us next week and he'll be preaching for you guys. But this morning, he asked me to step in. And when he asked me to um, preach for you guys this morning, he told me what we were going to be talking on. I knew we were going through the book of Ephesians. I knew it was a matter of time before we got to the armor of God. And it is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Uh, number one, because it's an armor. I mean, what guy doesn't like armor? I mean, come on, it's cool. Right. But it talks about spiritual warfare and, and the enemies that we fight against. And Pastor Brent talked about that a little last week and, and how we're supposed to approach all of it in prayer and, and with this armor. And so this week, um, we're actually starting in what I get the, the privilege of talking to you guys about is the belt of truth. It's the first piece of God's armor that's mentioned uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. Now, before I get started, I, I have kind of a... a a little thing, one of the, the reasons that I'll never forget really the armor of God. It's kind of a crazy reason. Um, but how, how many of you in here have ever went to or spent time as a camper or a counselor at Victory Mountain Campground up for our East District Camp? Anybody? Am I the only one in here? I've been a camp. I see a couple of hands. Uh, but uh, I, I've been going to that camp since I've grown up. Um, served at the camp, at kids camp uh, as a counselor and then went as uh, when is a kid, when is a youth, and all that. But this one year, um, the big portion of what we were going through that week and the speakers were touching on was the armor of God. And, and after every message, we'd always have our, our, our group time, uh, kind of like a small group. We'd all sit down, we'd ask questions, all that. Well, the guy leading our group asked the question, what have you learned most this week's like closing night. He said, what have you learned new this week that you've never heard of before about the armor of God. Something you've never thought about, all that. Guys right and left are sharing some, some pretty deep stuff and really getting in detail. And finally, this one guy has been quiet most of the week, raised his hand and said, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've realized something this week that I never had before. And that's that the armor of God doesn't have pants. And that's just one of the things I've always remembered. You guys may think it's funny, you may not, whatever. But that was something I always remember about the armor of God. But it's not the important thing. And I hope that this morning that's not the only thing you get from me talking up here, okay? 
So bear with me. It's going to get somewhere, okay? So this morning, I want to go ahead and read to you guys the full armor of God. Now, I don't know how Pastor uh, Jason is going to do this the rest of the week, but I want to read through all of it. Not just the belt of truth, but I want to read through all of it. Hopefully, we'll get it all down and so we can kind of visualize and piece it together and see what's really going to happen here. So I'm in Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 12. Excuse me, 13, not 12. It says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, be, or you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So right there is the entire armor. Now to kind of give you an idea, this is what a belt in a Roman centurion's armor would have looked like in around this time and probably what Paul was seeing in his mind and kind of what we were going through. And what I, I just want you guys to kind of see it. This would be the belt. If you notice, there's two things about this I want to kind of you see and visualize kind of how it goes. The truth, the belt, is kind of holding the chest plate in place down at the bottom. It's tied up around the shoulders, but it's holding it in place down at the bottom. As well as what do you see in the belt? You've got the sword. So the belt of truth is really... It's significant and important. It holds together the armor. It holds the body armor, the chest plate in place. And it holds the sword. It's super important for us to have this down in our lives. For us to understand the true meaning of the belt of truth is what Paul is coming into here. So, that all being said, it's super important. Super important for us to put on the belt of truth, just like the rest of the armor. Not one piece of the armor is any less important or more important than the others. They all must be present. So we have to keep that in mind as we go through it. So now, now I, I, I'm one of these people, I'm kind of I'm like my dad, and I don't like to admit that a lot of times, but I'm kind of like my dad, and the fact I like to tell a lot of stories and comparisons and all, and analogies, it kind of get you guys thinking and all. Well, how many of you in here have ever went on a diet or had a friend who went on a diet? And they said, oh yeah, I'm going to be eating this, eating healthy, and not eating this anymore, and all that. And then you see him driving through McDonald's getting a Big Mac. Y'all, I hate to admit it, that's me. I'll talk to somebody else about, yeah, I'm going to be starting this diet and all that. And, all that. and don't you laugh at me, Lydia, I know you are. Okay. And I'm the worst about sticking on a diet for maybe 30 minutes and then I'm off. I'm done. Okay? I am. If we look at our lives in a sense of truth, that's not the way it should be. No, no, I'm not talking about dieting the whole time. No, I'm not talking about that in that specific. What I'm saying is we say one thing and then we do another. That's what I'm talking about. That's not living a life of truth. That's not wearing our belt of truth. That's not putting on the belt of truth daily as we're supposed to. It's not. 
So this morning, guys, I, I, the message that I really want to bring to you is one that's pretty short and sweet. Um, of course, most of the time when I say that, I end up talking much longer than what I anticipate. But it's pretty straightforward and to the point this morning. We have to live and speak a life of truth. We have to live and speak a life of truth. Now, in my opinion, yet again, my opinion, there's two kind of sides to truth. And what I mean by that is you have what I would consider speaking living in worldly truth and speaking and living in godly truth. So let's start off with living truth. Or the worldly truth. What I mean by this, to speak and live in worldly truth is to basically go through life telling the truth. Being an honest person. Always speaking the truth. Even if it could maybe not go in a way that you would hope. Friends, I've always said that a true friend... It's not somebody who's going to tell you what you want to hear. It's somebody who's going to tell you what you need to hear. I've always said that. When I speak to youth, I tell them that all the time. Kids that I teach at school, kids that I've uh, uh, ministered to here at the youth group, uh, kids that I've spoken with at camps, that's what I always tell them. And the same applies to everybody. We need to live and speak the truth. We also need to live with integrity. Integrity, kind of the way that I think about integrity is basically how do you live when nobody else is looking? Are you continuing that same lifestyle of truth when no one else is looking? And I tried to kind of think about a situation. I personally have had numerous situations in life when integrity has kind of come up and my integrity has been not necessarily questioned, but tested, I guess, if you will. Um, but I, I didn't want to get that personal this morning with you guys. Number one, I don't want to take up that much time. But have any of you ever seen the movie Courageous? It's a wonderful movie, fantastic movie. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. It is a Christian movie. It's wonderful, um, especially the men in the room, fathers in the room. You need to watch this movie. It is fantastic. Okay, It gives us a, a way to be held accountable uh, as fathers and men of God. But... To get down to it, there's a, a gentleman in this movie by the name of Javier. And Javier and his family are um, very poor, for lack of a better word, coming to mind right now. They've had to, or he's had to work for so many things, and his wife and children um, basically had to go without certain things and all that, and he's looking for work. Well, he finally finds this job. Um, in the movie, it looks to me like it's some sort of textile mill. He finally found a job in it. Uh, he works his way up and that kind of thing. Well, the boss of the place call me into their office and they say, hey, we really want to give you this management type position. But you've got to do us a favor first. We've got a couple extra packages coming in that we need you to turn your back on because we're really not supposed to have them kind of thing. And instead of Javier saying, sure, I'll do it, whatever. He risks his job that is needed for his family and says, no, I will not do this. And then in the end, he gets rewarded because they were testing him 
to see if he would basically do something illegal or not. So he gets the position and his family's pretty much set from then on and so goes forth in the movie. That's a life of integrity. So in my eyes, yes, that was from a Christian movie, but in my eyes, that comes down to more of a worldly, I guess you would say more of a worldly definition of truth. Living a life of integrity and truth and honesty. That's what that to me means. Now, if you hear that, that's great. It's fantastic. You go and apply that to your life. You live honestly. You live with integrity. You'll have a great life. But here's the downside to that. There's nice people, honest people, people that live with integrity that die and go to hell every day. It's the truth. It is. I know great people in my life that have died and went before me, and they've been great people. They give you the shirt off their back. But I couldn't tell you for sure if they made it to heaven. It's the sad part. Now, does that mean we just forget living with truth and integrity? No, by no means. That's when we get into godly truth. Godly truth is what is important because godly truth, I want to refer you to a a piece of Scripture. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. God sent His Son to earth as the truth so that we could reach heaven. So godly truth is not just living that life of integrity, living that life of truth, but living a life according to Jesus. Living a life as close to Jesus as possible. That is the life we should truly aim for and that we should truly go for. But to to speak in terms of a godly truth, is to basically speak the Word. Speak truth. Speak God's Word. Know God's Word. Apply it to your life. Share it with others. Speak it to others. Hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. Now, I'm not getting into the Word. That's a different piece of the armor. But we can't own the belt of truth, as you saw in that picture a minute ago, without thinking of the Word. It holds it in place. We can't think about the belt of truth without thinking of the blessed plate of righteousness. Our righteousness, who we are, the holiness that we are as Christians, it holds it in place. We have to understand what it means to live in godly truth. Because see, here is the thing, here is the huge downfall that has been a major, major burden on my heart lately. We have too many... Christians, quote-unquote, they claim to be Christians. They claim that they know God. They claim that they know Jesus as their personal Savior. But yet their actions say something completely different. 
completely different. We have to be a people that live like Jesus, not as a Christian. I've gotten to a point that I can't stand to hear the word Christian when somebody says, I'm a Christian. Because it means nothing if you're not going to live out the truth. It means nothing. Pastor Brent has said it time and time again. It's something that I've adopted. Uh, Number one is him being kind of a mentor of mine and kind of sharing with me and pouring into me. But it's so true. The term, I guess you would say the phrasing that I've come to use is more of a fully devoted follower of Christ. Because it doesn't matter if we say we're Christian. It doesn't matter if we say we're Wesleyan. It doesn't matter if it says we're Baptist or Methodist or any other denomination or that we go to Rushwood or we go to Journey or we go to anywhere else. It matters that we follow Christ to the fullest. So, I just, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of ranting at the moment. Sorry, that's not even on my notes to say that. But that's, that's honestly, it's how I feel lately. It really is. And guys, believe me, believe me, I'm not just preaching at you, I'm preaching to myself as well. I really am. Because look, we've all, Paul, yet again, we're in, we're in the book of Ephesians. Paul wrote it. Romans chapter 3 says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. It's by the grace of God that we can come back and through Jesus, the truth, can make it to the Father. So kind of back to what I have done here to kind of get to it, to to kind of show you where it's going. In the book of Revelation, John writes this one scripture. In chapter 3 of the book of Revelation. Thought I had it wrote down. Let me look here says, uh, for I know all the things that you do. So, so, time out. This is God giving John a revelation. And God is telling John that I know what you do. He's telling all of us that he knows what we do. So it no matter what in the world you do to try to look good. Just want, want to point that out. Because God knows. Just saying. Alright, so God knows what you do. That you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, I know I have some people in here that probably know much more about the Word than what I do. Elders of the church, church, wiser people, saints of God. But in this Scripture, I hear two things. I hear that God wants us to pick one side or the other and not straddle the fence and not live a Hippocratic life. Number two is I hear that he is disgusted with us when we do so. Now to kind of, to take a time out from me being ranting a little bit. Anybody know what this is? You see it that close, from this far away. It's an avocado. You know what the... (laughs) 
At the beginning, when I was talking about a diet, there's this new thing, the keto diet. I don't know how many of you know it. I'm not going to speak on it. Whatever. Okay? This is a huge part of it. And it's kind of the diet that I've been following. Okay? As I said at the beginning, I'm terrible. Sorry. But this is a huge part of it. And there's so many recipes that you can find out there that use avocado that look amazing. People put them on burgers. Put them on steaks as a garnish. Make guacamole. There's so many different things you can do. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, I, I can handle this. I can handle this. Looks pretty good. Cut it open. Nice bright green. Looks good. Okay. Kind of looks like a solid, but not. Took one bite. And I, if you've ever eaten avocado, you know what I'm talking about, maybe. Blake can't do avocado that well. Because it had a texture that was disgusting to me. And the moment it hit my tongue, I spit it out. And, and it just, it was terrible. It was disgusting. How many of you, I mean, come on. Y'all all know that one food you tried before and it just was terrible, right? Right? Okay? That's how God feels about us. When we live a life of hypocrisy, when we're hypocrites and we play the church game, if you will, instead of living a life of truth, God is disgusted with us. Because you can turn people away from Him. Those Christians I was talking about earlier are the reason why a lot of people swear away from church. They're the reason why a lot of people stay away from God because they act like sin and hell one day, then go to church the next and act like everything's okay. Now, I know this is something many of you have probably heard time and time again. I'm, I'm aware of that. But guys, it's something we constantly have to be reminded of, myself included. We have to live a life as a fully devoted follower of Christ. And one of the main ways we do that is by speaking and living in truth. Living a way that's pleasing to God. Not just on Sunday. Not just whenever it makes us look good. Not just to claim that we're Christian. Not to claim a religion. All the time. It's a key part of the armor of God. It is. So my question and my challenge to you this morning is, are you living a life of truth in every sense? Are you living a life as a devoted follower of Christ? Or are you just kind of playing the game? So this morning, I want you to think about that. I, I'm, I'm not, at this point, first, the first time or first one of us is speaking uh, outside of Pastor Brian. I'm not trying to make a huge altar call or anything like that. My, my job this morning, I feel like God put me here on this stage this morning to open some of your eyes. 
Not for an altar call. Not for necessarily a life-changing moment, but for a moment for, to, to, to kind of put a seed in your mind and say, am I living in truth? That's what I'm here for this morning. So two things before I wrap it up. I've already asked the first, are you truly living as a fully devoted follower of Christ? That is my question to you. And how to kind of apply what I've said this morning, living in truth and speaking in truth. Get in the Word. Start reading about truth. Start reading about Jesus because He is the way, the truth, and the life. But then second, I have a challenge for you this morning. Yes, to go out and live a life of truth. That's kind of a given. But I I challenge each and every one of you that, that hears this message, whether it's through being here this morning, whether it's through YouTube or Facebook or whatever, My challenge to you is every day for the remainder of this six-week sabbatical, every day, I challenge you to rather, or to read and or pray on the armor of God every single day. In the car on your way to work, pray through it. Lord, help me put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. Don't just go through it for the motions. Mean it. If you can't remember it all off the top of your uh, head right now, read through it every morning before you leave the house. Get your morning uh, cup of coffee. Go through Ephesians chapter 6. Read through it. Pray it on every day. And see how God can affect your life. Because the armor of God is not there to not only give us little snippets like this to show us how to live. It's also there for us to protect. You know, it is an armor. It's there to keep us safe. And in order for it to keep us safe, it all has to be there. So this morning as we're dismissed and we pray, think about that question. Are you living in truth as a fully devoted follower of Christ. And I challenge you to read through and pray on the armor of God every day for the remainder of this sabbatical from Pastor Brent. Stand with me this morning. Father God, Lord, thank you for everything that has been said and done this morning. Father, I, I pray and hope that nobody saw me, but that they saw you. I pray that those that hear this message, Father, would would get something out of it, would learn, would grow, and would experience you from anything that was said and done here this morning, God. Lord, as we go out of here this morning, Lord, bless us, guide us, direct us, keep us safe, God. Let us be reminded to pray on the armor of God every day and God to constantly be in prayer and never ceasing in prayer, God. Lord, thank you yet again, Lord. We love you. We honor you in all that we do, God. In the name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Don't forget the giving boxes on the way out.
Have a blessed week, and we will see you back here next Sunday.